Welcome to the Turning Point Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message from lead pastor Nathan Newell. For additional messages and other resources, you can visit us at www.tpoint.church. John chapter 4. And we're going to start with verse 5. And we're going to read a little ways this morning, if everybody can hang with, okay? John chapter 4, starting in verse 5. And so he, that is Jesus, came to a city of Samaria called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, was sitting thus by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. And there came a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman therefore said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink since I am a Samaritan woman? And in parentheses, my version says, New American Standard, it says, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And she said to him, you are not greater than our father Jacob, are you? Who gave us this well and drank of it himself, his sons and his cattle. And Jesus answered, said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst The water that I will give him shall become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so I won't be thirsty. and I won't have to come all the way here to draw. And he said to her, go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one that you have now is not your husband. So this you have truly said. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you people say that it is in this mountain, that people say that in Jerusalem is the place where we ought to worship. Verse 21, Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem Shall you worship the Father? You worship that which you do not know. We worship that which we know for salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming and is now is when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Let's keep going a little more longer. Can y'all take it? Can you take it? Verse 25, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, and he who is called Christ, and when that one comes, he will declare all things to us. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Mic drop. And at this point, his disciples came, and they marveled, and he had been speaking with a woman, and yet no one said, what do you seek, or why do you speak with her? So the woman left her water pot, went into the city, and said to the men, Come see a man who told me all the things that I have done. Is this not the Christ? 
and they went out of the city and were coming to him. Now we're gonna, and from that section here, and we just got a couple more verses. Let's jump down to verse 39. And from that city, many of the Samaritans believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all the things that I had done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they were asking him to stay with them, and, they believe, and more believed because of his word. And they were saying to the woman, it is no longer because of what you have said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves and know that this one is indeed the Savior of the world. Now, while you have your Bible or your phone, wherever you're, let's lift it up to the Lord. This is symbolic. Lord, we are under the authority of your mighty word this morning. We live under it. We live under its protection and under its covering. Lord, these words are spirit and they are life. Lord, so we yield and we submit ourselves to be under the law of your word, the principles within, Lord Jesus, that we would be people of your word. Lord, we thank you that you sent your word to heal us. We thank you that what we hold in our hand, our promises, are the only promises that will be completely be fulfilled on this earth. These are the promises. These are the promises. This is the only truth. Hallelujah. Can we say that in unison? This is the only truth. This is the only way. This is the only life. Father, we glorify for you this morning. In Jesus' name and all the people of God said, amen, amen, amen. amen. You can be seated. Forgive the grogginess this morning. Sinus infections have been going around, uh, have made its way through our house. Praise the Lord that I'm feeling much better today um, than I have been, so it sounds worse than it really is, but if I'm shaking your hand from a distance this morning, it's because, um, yeah, you don't want to, you don't, you don't want this. You don't, you don't want none of this, okay? Um, and you certainly don't want to smell none of that. Bad breath is, 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 is bad, okay? So just putting it out there. That's just, just, just being real, okay? It's not that I don't want to talk to you. It's just that <clears throat> I want you to come back. Last, last week, we, um, uh, we took a look at chapter by chapter here in, in John. Sometimes Holy Spirit just likes to, to surprise us and lead us in some things. But we were talking about Nicodemus. And um, when you look at the account of Nicodemus, uh, Nicodemus starts out as a Pharisee that comes to vi visit Jesus in the night. Um, in public, he is a Pharisee. He is, he is someone of a, of a community of of religious people, and not just not just good uh, churchgoers. We're talking about the elite of the elite, the religious of the religious, and so making sure that every law is 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 followed. And 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 so he was a part of a group. These were also teachers of the law, so they led the masses in in teaching and in understanding and interpretation of the law. And this man is hungry for truth. He he begins to see. And listen to Jesus and his teachings and begins to see the miracles. And he decides, I've got to find out more about this guy. And so the word says that he comes to Jesus in the night, begins to ask him questions. And even though it was under the cover of night, this is what I love about Jesus, is that he did not rebuke, he did not rebuke Nicodemus for showing up at the time that he did. He didn't rebuke him because... He, 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 didn't, he didn't start out as the one who was, who was loud and boisterous. 
he took him in. He received him, and he began to answer his questions, began to reveal the mysteries. Remember, there's a conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus of, of being born again. And Nicodemus is like, how can a man enter in, back into his, his mother's womb? And, he, and Jesus is like, no, 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 man. This is, a, this is a spiritual thing I'm trying to tell you, okay? So you got to be born again in, in, in spirit, not, not born again in the flesh. And, and so he begins to explain to him in detail to him. And so Nicodemus, we see Nicodemus show up two other times in the text in John. And the, the second time that he shows up, he's actually, it's proof that he's been following Jesus because he begins to defend Jesus. He begins to defend Jesus to the rest of the Pharisees. The third time that he shows up, he is all out fully a follower of Jesus Christ. The word says that he shows up with Joseph of Arimathea to take Jesus down from the cross. You know, everyone in the room has a different story of how we got to Jesus, <laughs> how we got there. I'm so thankful that there you're at. I'll take you. If you want to meet me at night, all I'm looking for is someone who is going to be real with me. And that's what Jesus wants to do. He doesn't want to meet with the pretend us. He wants to meet with the real us. So better be the real Nicodemus in the middle of the night rather than the pretender when the sun's shining. I like Nicodemus. He's, he, he, wants the, he wants the real thing. He, he wants the truth. He's associated with the, with the Pharisees. Sometimes our associations keep us bound to something uh, when the Spirit is leading our heart elsewhere. And the thing is that we're so often needing the validation from those that we're associated with. And can I tell you, can we just be set free from needing the validation and the identity from anything or anyone else other than the Father? <laughs> As Miss Deborah was, was speaking the word from the Lord this morning, promise, we were looking in, in his image. So what he has fathered, it's his promise, and it's going to look like what he promised. <coughs> Nicodemus became a full follower and sometimes we're afraid to, to, to fully follow I want to uh, expel some of those, those fear, fears today and I think one of the things that we're afraid of is that if we, if we fully follow Jesus that will be labeled as an extremist or a zealot it's too extreme um, but the truth is, is that we're always afraid of what we don't know the unknown is scarier than, than anything Deep cries out to deep. You know what's the scariest thing about the ocean for me? It's what I can't see. Lakes scare me. Why? Because I can't see past my feet. And my imagination and my assumption is much worse than really the turtle that's underneath. You get, it, it, when, when, you're, when you're so afraid of, of, of things like that, you can even believe that there are sharks in, in, in lakes. I was, at, I was at a friend's house when I was, when I was little. My, mom, my mama didn't know this, but we watched, uh, we watched Jaws. I know it doesn't make any sense, but I didn't want to look under my bed because I swear Jaws was up under... 
up under the bed. That's what, that's what the unknown does to you. It, 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 it freaks you out. And the thing is, is that there, just because we don't know as much as we should know doesn't mean we should be afraid of the Lord and what else he has for us. Let's stay away from the assumptions and the imaginations and let's find out. Any man who lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally. We're moving on to, to, to chapter 4. We're reading the, the, the account of the Samaritan woman. I love this account. There's many, there's many truths that I have drawn from this over the years. I'm so thankful that uh, the Lord continues to reveal himself through his, through his word. Um, what's interesting here, where we started in, in verse in verse 5 is, is that they're at Jacob's well. So Jesus is visiting a place, a well that was dug by his forefather. Jesus was of the lineage in the house of David, and we can trace it all the way back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is Jacob's well. So Jesus is passing through the land, and he stops at a place. This is a landmark place. Where Jacob settled, Jacob and his family settled, and Jacob dug a well, a place of uncovered water. And where his forefather had uncovered natural water, Jesus was there to reveal living water to a woman. <clears throat> the other thing that happens just a couple verses down in, in verse chapter 7 is that Jesus does the unexpected as he normally does. The unexpected. He, he, he goes past when I say he does the unexpected is not to say that he was rebellious. The fact that he did the unexpected, he did everything. Listen, if we try to do the unexpected or we try to do something different for the sake of being unexpected or to be different, what will end up happening is we'll create something that is false. If we do something that is unexpected by the leadership of the Holy Spirit, then we are truly doing something in alignment with the will of God. Because Jesus said, I do what I see the Father do. I say what I hear the Father say. I do nothing of my own initiative. And when he sent Holy Spirit to come to us, he said the Holy Spirit will not speak of his own initiative, but he will only transfer what he is hearing from the Father. So Jesus does the unexpected here by the leadership of the Holy Spirit, you see, because Jesus was a Jew. He was of the Israelite nation. We got to remember this because even though he was from heaven, he grew up on earth. With all of its stereotypes and prejudices. And that this is where Jesus shines in the unexpected. You see, because Jesus was breaking cultural taboos because of both race and gender, what he was talk who he was talking to. I want to get down here a little bit further. Y'all can settle on that all you want to. Verses 14 and 15. This is what he says to her. He says, whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst. The water I'll give you will become a well of water springing up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so I will not be thirsty nor come all the way here to draw. This is the point I want to make here. Until our spiritual senses are awakened, we will continually misinterpret 
the supernatural for the natural. We will continue to misinterpret, you see, because where Jacob, a man, provided something temporary, Jesus provides something eternal. And so, so here the, the, the woman is, when, when Jesus begins to speak to her, it's not yet, she doesn't understand yet that what he's talking about is a spiritual thing, not a natural thing. Her first reaction is, is to see this, oh, living water, eternal water. Tell me about this water because I don't want to come back here and draw all the time. This is going to mean a much easier life for me. I will never thirst again. Praise God. Give me this water. I won't have to walk all the way out here, fill up my water, water jug, bring it back to the house several times a day. Won't have to do that. Her immediate thought was going to the natural things. The mind that is set on the flesh is death. The mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Right? So when our minds are not set on the things of the spirit, it's what we miss. This kind of sounds similar to what John the Baptist said. Remember, he, used, he did something in the natural. He said, I baptize you with water, but there is one who is coming who will baptize you with Holy Spirit and with fire. The difference between something natural and supernatural. And again, the, the, as long as we remain in a place of viewing and a perspective of the natural, we'll see the things that God is doing supernaturally. We'll see it as something natural. And that is not giving the glory to God. Um, I, told this, I, I told this story um, it several years ago now, but God brought this story to me. And I want to share it with you again because, because um, I, I believe it's critical for this morning. But um, when we moved into our house, the house that we, that we have right now, we had, we had moved out of our, our first house that we bought when we were married. A lot of great memories there. Uh, but we had three, almost four uh, boys in a thousand square feet. We could have done that a thousand square feet. I know people all over the world uh, who live in much less. A uh, problem for us is that there was one bathroom. And so, um, so yeah, uh, it was it was a big problem. And so we we were ready to move, and God opened up an incredible door for us to be in the place that we're at. It's a it's truly a miracle, and it's a blessing of God. Um, but the first the first time. That, uh, that I went out to, to mow my grass. Here I'm at the new house, and all of a sudden I'm sitting on the mower, and I, I'm sitting on this riding mower, and I'm like, I'm like, God, I thank you for this place, uh, but my goodness, what have we gotten ourselves into? Uh, there's, a lot more, there's a lot more grass to cut. There's a lot more bills to be paid, and we had done all of our due diligence, but you, you know how it is. You get into that spot, and all of a sudden, there's, there's buyer's remorse, remorse, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, have we, have we made the right decision? Should we, should we be here? And then all of a sudden, I'm riding, and my attention goes down in front of me, and there's a, there's a stick that's laying down there, and, and I'm like, uh, oh, I think I can run over that stick. You know, guys, you know how you do. You, you, you evaluate what's, uh, what's, uh, what's able to be run over, what's crushable, and what's not, and so... I'm looking at that thing, and I'm like, ah, it's kind of an in-betweener. I'll stop. And uh, uh, I get off the mower, and, and, I, and I go down, and I see uh, next to the stick, it, it is a, a folded, crisp, brand-new, perfect $100 bill. $100. Can you believe it? I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I was, and, 
And so I, I, I bent over to pick it up, and, uh, and you know, of course, I was, I was feeling it. I was rubbing it together. I thought it was one of those, one of those tracks, first of all. One of those, uh, anybody ever seen these Christian tracks? You know what I'm talking about? They have $100 on them. Some have a million dollars on them. And I'm like, man, come on. We, come on. This better not be no track. You know what I mean? I'm a pastor, and I'm like, this better not be no track. I, don't, I better not open this up and find <laughs> not today, not today. <laughs> and uh, and so, of course, I, I open up, and it's a, it's a true $100 bill, and I just be, what is this doing here? It makes absolutely no sense. It was like the miracle of the coin in the fish's mouth when, when, when the disciples asked, uh, uh, and the Pharisees asked Jesus about the temple tax, and, and they went and found the coin. Like, th- there's, there's no business this, this being here. It was perfectly dry. I'm like, <laughs> it didn't fall out of my wallet. I know that. Uh, so I know it's not mine. I know it's not my wife's. Uh, so we got that clear. Um, and, and it was just one of these, one of these things. And and uh, I just, all of a sudden, was just overwhelmed by the love of Jesus. I was overwhelmed by his, by his faithfulness. Like, I wasn't talking this to anybody. These are just thoughts that are going through my head. Like, God, what are we, what are we doing? Just, do we make the right decision? And then, boom, there is a provision that is right there. And it's more than just a $100 bill in that moment. It's more than just a drink of water in that moment. It's more than just something natural. There is something supernatural to it that God begins to speak. It's more than just a provision for a bill. All of a sudden, it's God saying something much bigger, something much louder, something much clearer, and it becomes something supernatural. God, you have placed us here. More than it was a confirmation of, of, man, this is a blessing. Put this in my pocket. Let's go get dinner. You're exactly where I want you to be. And here's a little breadcrumb to show you. I'll take the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Amen. Yeah. we got to be careful. Not, see, see, see uh, you get into a, a group of people that, uh, uh, that, that operate more in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're blessed to be around some of those people. And God is ever expanding our, our territory and our, our minds and opening revelation. But you get around people who are into signs and wonders. They see signs in everything. Everybody else just sees, just sees an eagle flying over. And I'm like, oh, that's a sign. That's a sign from God. That's a sign from God. And the thing is, is that there is more supernatural going around, going around than what we recognize. Happening around us, there is more that is taking place. Ask God to open your eyes. Ask God to open your ears because he's trying to tell you things through it. And he uses the natural to get supernatural to us. He uses natural examples. That's why he spoke in parables. Jesus spoke in parables. Why? So we could understand the mysteries of heaven. There's a connection. It's a connection. In verses 17 and 18, I love this. I love this part of the story. And you've heard, and you've heard me talk about this and make fun of the Samaritan woman a little bit here. But, um, uh, but in 17 and 18, this is what begins to happen. Uh, Jesus begins to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Did you know Jesus did that? Jesus operated in every gift of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? 
Every gift of the Holy Spirit. Look what he does. Verse 17. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said, you're right. When you say you have no husband, it's because you had five husbands. The one whom you have now is not your husband. You've said this truly. What is that? It's a word of knowledge. Jesus was spoken to by the Holy Spirit, and he immediately had revelation, had knowledge about her life that in no way, according to the natural, according to the flesh, he could not have known. Knowledge, supernatural knowledge was imparted to him. <laughs> and this is the woman's reaction. I love this every time, and I, I'm just, I just got to bring it up again. She's like, sir, I, I perceive you are a prophet. <laughs> you got it. Nailed it. <laughs> Word of knowledge. Then, verse 21 through 24, let's just follow along in this story a little bit. So there's a conversation that goes back and forth. I perceive you're a, pro a prophet. And he said, yes, and I will prove that by prophesying. Verse 21, Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, an hour is coming. Prophecy. He is telling what God's plan is and what will come to pass in the future. So prophecy, prophecy is, right? An hour is coming. We're neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. He's making the distinction that where it won't matter where, what will matter is the heart. Those who worship in spirit and in truth will be the difference. An hour is coming, he, sends, he says again in verse 20. So all of that, just laying some foundation, I want to jump down to uh, the main part that I want to focus on this morning. I believe the Holy Spirit had for us and want to add to, to last week. And that is this section down here in, in verse 39 through 42. And verse 42 says this, and they were saying to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves and know that this one is indeed the Savior of the world. The woman rush, rushes back into town after she perceives that he is a prophet. He speaks to her again, tells her this is what's going to come. She runs back into town, says, you've got to hear this man who told everything about me. He only said that she had five husbands. She said, he told me everything that I've ever done. She runs back into the city. The city responds, comes out and begins to listen to him. They said, we believed you to a degree when you told us, but now we believe because we've heard. Because we've heard for ourselves. Because we've seen for ourselves. Uh, yesterday we did something, uh, it being the summer, we wanted to surprise them with a, uh, with a little adventure. Uh, we like to do this from time to time, just find things to, to, to go and, and, and be adventurers, um, and so we wanted to surprise them. We we started to head up north of, of Nashville, and of course they're asking questions the entire way. Um, uh, we came over here. We did some we did some work at the church, and then we uh, uh, then we went up, and we didn't we didn't tell them where we were going or what we were doing or anything. And so we would give little hints along the way. You know that's fun about being a parent. It's 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 a lot of fun. At least we we enjoy it, and that's just giving like these little hints, these little teasers, and and uh, saying, yeah, we're going, yeah. Well, it's a place we've never been before. Dad, where are we going? Uh, 
I can say this. We've never been there. Well, have you ever been there? Mm, yeah, I might have. And before you know it, there's just these line of questions that just keep coming and coming and coming. And, and with all four of them in, intrigued now, it's like the questions are then, we're like, oh, maybe we should have just told them from the beginning. But this is what I found out. Even if you tell them at the beginning, the questions don't stop. So I'm sorry, Lord, for all the questions. Even if, even if, even if you tell them from the beginning, there's still... Their curiosity is piqued, and they're wondering what's going on. So, so, uh, uh, so, so we're headed up, and, and some things look familiar. We start asking questions. We're like, so does this, this area look familiar to you? What is, what, is, what is this? Wait, Joshua, weren't you just here just a, a, few, a couple weeks ago? And it's, uh, uh, it starts to look like where the kids go to camp. And so we're driving north of Nashville. We're following us along. It's like, are we going to camp? Are we, is that where we're going? And, and, and Elisha's, no, no, camp is tomorrow. We go to camp tomorrow. Oh, well, we could go up a day early. We just drop you off, and you just, like, wait there for everybody else. <laughs> and, he was, and he was nervously saying, no, uh-uh, no, uh-uh. And so I provoked him a little bit, said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're just, you're just going to hang out there, and we'll just, we'll just drop you off. You're there a day early. And, uh, and so he was, he was a little bit nervous, but we just, we just kept driving. Well, you, you guys know we could... You know, we could uh, we could go hang out at the camp. Uh, they've got a they got a pool there, and we start to go swimming or something, or it's in the buying it. And so we come up to the campgrounds, and we start. And if you've been, ever been there before, it's in these beautiful hills. And so we go to make the curve, and I'm and I'm going to slow down, and I'm like, oh no, we're not going there. And so we went we went right past it, and uh, they're like, where are we going? Uh, we went down just another mile, took a left, and. Uh, um, then took a right into the, the place where we our destination. And you could hear something happening. We had to stop at a ticket booth, and you could hear something. And they're looking around. I'm looking in the rear view. Ivy's looking in the rear view, you know, trying to see what's going on. Looking in the rear view. What is, what is this place? What is this? And all of a sudden, you hear this rumbling that shakes the van. And we make it past the ticket booth. And here's these top fuel dragsters burning rubber <laughs> at the back of the drag strip before they pull up to the line. And the boys are like, <gasps> what is this? Guys, we're going to spend the night at the drag races. And we pull over to park, and everybody's getting their earplugs in because if you don't wear earplugs, your ears will bleed. If you've, never, if you've never been, but we're walking up, and there's these line of cars. Oh, my goodness. There are these dragsters that are as long as this stage. They're, 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 they're spanned out. They've got these old classics, Novas, Chevelles, Corvettes, Mustangs, Camaros, all these different cars, and they're jacked up. I mean, they've got tires on the back as tall as this pulpit. They've got engines that are standing out of the hood, right? You see, isn't this fun? Yeah, it's fun just talking about it. And, and the cars would just shake, and when you walk by, you shake with the rest of the car. Like, and it's just this rumble. And then when they take off from the line, it is like an explosion takes place. They're at zero, and they're at 60, 100 within a couple seconds. Like that. And for the first half an hour, nobody said much. Everybody was just like, <laughs> reset. 
reset. <laughs> you like that? That was, that was fun. You see, I can talk about it my best to describe it to you. I can use imagery and language and everything that I can to describe the beauty and the majesty of 1,000 horsepower running down the track. And I can encourage you by my words to want to see something like that for yourself. But until you are there and until you experience for yourself, you will only be able to go on my story. You won't know what it's like for your heart to start racing because that, those engines are racing. As much as I can describe it to you, as much as I can express it, nothing will be able to match and come even close to what it will be like in person to experience. I remember asking my mom and dad, how will you know it's the one? We switched, okay? We changed gears. Uh -huh. Nice. No pun intended. Now we're talking about love. Cars and love. That's what I'm talking about. That's the life. I remember asking my parents, how do, how do you know when it's the one? And all they could say is what I'm pretty sure everyone else has ever said, and they said, you'll know when you know. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Worst answer ever. <laughs> well, guess what my answer will be for my boys one day? There's a reason why that answer works. You'll know when you know. Why? Because no one can tell you until you know. How does that even make any sense? You'll know when you know. I can describe it. I can reflect it, dad and mom. We can reflect this marriage. We can show you exactly what a marriage should look like, what that love between. It's awful. <laughs> you see, the description and the words are not the end. They are the means by which the seed for desire and experience are planted. The desire for experience. It's hard to live something you haven't experienced. Can I tell you how important an encounter is? And here's what ends up happening is that we're still living on what we've been told rather than what we've encountered for ourselves. That only lasts so long. That can only carry you for so long. The word of the woman was good. She came back with the testimony. 
This is what Jesus did for me. And I love the testimony of the saints. You know what that testimony is for? That testimony is to inspire a desire within us to have an encounter and have a testimony of our own. It is to spur within us and to drive within us that there is something more. That's what the stories and the accounts are for. <laughs> that there is something more to this. And as long as we just live by what we've been told and on the accounts and the stories from, uh, from others, then we're living faith and the life by association rather than a life of experiences with God, of experiences with him. That it's more than just words and, and just introductions. <laughs> it's hard to love someone that you haven't met. I feel sometimes like in the church, like it's, a, it's become like this repetitive introduction instead of a steady progression into the life of a believer. It's like, hi, I'm, I'm Pastor Nathan. Welcome to Turning Point. This is Jesus. Have the two of you met? Oh, you have. Can you be the same? And then I, and then I start describing him just to get the conversation going. Did you know that Jesus, do you know, he's a nature buff. He feels safe in what he created. Did you know that Jesus is an inventor? He loves wisdom. Yes. <laughs> Did you know Jesus is perfect? I mean, seriously, perfect. Like you've been looking for the perfect dude. You two should get to know each other. And so many times we're just in a stage of, of introductions. You see, the woman who came to the city, to her friends and to her family, she said, come and hear from this man. This is what he did for me. And so then the testimony became something else. That's what I love about this picture is because the testimony became something that was more than just about the one. It became about the city. It became about the community because what happened? Because of her testimony, it drew the rest of the city. They came out. We said, we want to experience this as well. And that's where we get to in verse 42. It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves and know that this one indeed is the Savior of the world. Yeah. <laughs> How important is knowing the Jesus that you come to church for? How important is knowing him. According to the word of God, knowing will be the difference on the day of judgment. Knowing will make the difference. Listen to me, church. Knowing will make the difference. Church attendance won't make the difference. Knowing will make the difference. Knowing will make the difference. Why? What does he say? He said, depart from me. I never knew you. I never knew you. There wasn't a knowing. What, is it, what else does it say in that? It, did, the, the argument was for the one who, was, uh, who did not know God said, did we not cast out devils in your name? Did we not heal the sick? Did we not raise the dead? What does that tell us? That, that tells us that the principles work without having to know the prince. 
The principles work without having to know the prince. You can work the principles and you can work the law, you can work the word, all of those things. But how, how disastrous and how unfulfilling is that to be able to do all the stuff and not know the one who you're doing the stuff for? Not know the one who that you're walking with and are meant to walk with. And that's the difference. We don't, we don't, have, a, we don't have a church issue. We have a knowing issue. A knowing issue. And knowing him. My grandmother used to say this all the time. He's my Jesus. My Jesus. My Jesus. You see, somewhere along the line, it has to convert from mommy and daddy's Jesus to my Jesus. The story and what has been told about him has served to whet my appetite. Taste and see that the Lord is good. But he's meant for more than just a taste. Uh. Uh, more than just a taste or a drop of water. If you would have asked me, I would have given you living water, and that living water would have sprung up into eternal life. It just keep going, 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 and we will not settle in Jesus' name. We will not be a people. I will not be a man. I will not be one. I'm trying to discover him. Then knowing the one that I walk with, I'm trying to discover him. I'm trying to find him. In greater detail, again, I can describe him to you. And I have let my life be dependent upon the description from someone else. And it's time for us to know him. Know him. Eyes like fire, hair like wool. I've never seen him like that. John describes it in Revelation, but I've never seen him like that. Never had a vision like that. I've never had a dream like that. I can imagine it right now, even as I'm describing him to you. I can imagine that. That's why we're to have encounters with him encounters and experiences and the word is meant to drive us to a place of experience and encounter. He never meant for this life to be distance education. What in this account tells us that his heart is to instruct us from afar, that he remains detached and observing from a distance. <laughs> it's no shortage of church, no shortage of religious options. The issue is lack of encounter. Uh -huh. The accounts of the prior generation will not carry to the next generation. I'm thankful for the stories. <laughs> he must be yours and you must be his. <laughs> there has to be something greater than information if we want to see transformation. There, uh, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm saying just a couple more things. Red, the, the Red Conference is more about, and Pastor talked about this, it is about learning. It's not just about transferring information. What we want to see happen is an activation in our lives. This is why I love the prayer of Habakkuk so much. We've been tiptoeing around this all day. His cry was this. We have heard of your fame. We stand in awe of your deeds. He's talking to the Lord. We've heard of your fame. We stand in awe of your deeds. 
but let us see it with our own eyes. But let us see more time. Let us see him. He is the God of more than just words. It's time to know. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Turning Point Church. To stay connected, we invite you to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on social media. If you're in the Middle Tennessee area, we'd love for you to join us for a Sunday or midweek service. God bless you and have a wonderful week.